intro. Okay. And I do it just to annoy Kirsten because she's deleting one This is Beehive Skeptics. I've been reminded that I keep forgetting to say our names. I'm Shane Smith. This is Kirsten Stedman. Yeah. And we are live at Psychon in Vegas. Woo! We have with us Mark Edward and Susan Gerbic. Yes, you do. Yep. Yes. Oh, I said it right. You said it perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh... Yes. I'm still working on a protein bar. Kirsten's um, still working on a protein bar. She's but can chewing. we just for a minute, because I know this is probably not cool, but mm-hmm. can we just for a minute just talk about where we just came from? We just came from Bill Nye receiving a reward for, award for the Richard from, Dawkins. With Richard Dawkins. Kirsten has a picture of her and Bill Nye now. Fangirled. She fangirled so hard. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. So I'm sorry. I was you... Fan- I was fanboying worse, yes, no, but... Earlier today, cornering him in the hall when he was not interested... (laughs) He was so annoyed. ...is worse. I always picked the opportune moment. (laughs) Which which one did you you stop in the hall? Uh, Bill Nye. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's Bill Nye all the way, just... uh, He's a trooper. I mean, he knows. This is his... We're his people. No, he's probably not. You're, this is his place, you know. We all have to try to get our selfie, and every time we do get a selfie, it promotes the conference. So, True. you know, it's it's a free way of promoting Psycon here in Las Vegas. It'll be held at the Horseshoe in uh, Las Vegas in October of 2024. Nice. Ooh. One thing that he said that I thought was awesome is how he goes to places and people say, "Oh yeah, Bill Nye, I, I really wasn't into science." And he made the joke of like, that's like saying you're not into the alphabet. And I, <laughs> I love it because it's so true. I, I don't really see myself as a science person. I see myself more as an artist. Um, but not understanding science is like not understanding language. And yeah, it's important. You're about right. So I'm not a scientist, but I, I promote science. I'm a science activist. Exactly. But I do not have a science degree. I'm a photographer. I was explaining to the, just earlier that like my knowledge in science basically consists of everything from Magic School Bus, Bill Nye the Science Guy, uh, uh, Cosmos, and what else? That was basically that was basically story, my yeah. entire formal science education, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just podcasts like uh, Skeptic Guide to the Universe really taught me a lot, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, and then just you know general curiosity in general like learning about things, and, uh, and with skepticism just like my mom being crazy, <laughs> and me wanting to like like see if everything she thought was a lie, <laughs> which turns out it is. Um, sorry, mom. <laughs> but, yes. Yeah, out in the boondocks of Duchesne. Out in the boondocks Duchesne, learning. Yeah. <laughs> learning about applied kinesiology and mm. uh, Reiki. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, my whole childhood was a lie. Uh, Except for Bill Nye. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> he was the beacon. So, um, I'm going to just start on Susan now. Okay. Right away. I can make up something. What would you First like to know? First of all, um... You've been wearing around this tinfoil hat. Yes, I have a tinfoil hat. All through the conference. Well, so far, yes. I love it. Yes, thank you very much. I can always find you. It's amazing. <laughs> well, last year at Psycon, I had a third eye the whole time. I even oh, I was yes. on main stage, and I had a third eye. So when you watch the video, there I am with my third eye. It's very hard to embarrass me. I love it. So I have a lot of questions. Okay. I mean, 
42. Just, 176. <laughs> it is Last 42. Tuesday. Thank yeah, you. Yes. Agreed. Um, so part of it is I want to know your backstory, but I heard a rumor, so I got to start here. <gasps> a rumor. Okay. That you had gone on the internet, uh-huh. made up some fake dead relatives that oh, you yeah, posted yeah. about. Uh-huh. Went to a psychic, uh-huh. and they told you about your fake dead relatives. Yeah, 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 yeah. That really happened. I Mark was with me. I love this. Please tell me everything. Okay, well, which which story do you want? Okay, oh, that you've was done this multiple times. Oh yes, we do it all the time. We do all kinds of stuff. Oh, I have wow, uh, I Mark it. has coined the phrase. Mark Edward, who's sitting beside me, right has, has coined the phrase <laughs> "grief vampires," and so we are both Mark more than I. Years ago, was great friends with a man called James Randy, who had the the uh, conference, the amazing meeting. James Randi was kind of like the Houdini of modern days. He investigated a lot of different kinds of claims of the paranormal. R-A-N-D-I, R-A-N-D-I, that's his name, James Randi. Anyway, so James Randi used to put together stings and, and so on. And uh, it's kind of a long story, but through the process, Mark and I met back in 2009 and he was the talent on one of the JREF, James Randi Educational uh, Foundation cruises. He was the one they hired because he's a professional mentalist and he's been in the business the, the, as a professional psychic, professional skeptic as well, at the same time, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he's written the book on the psychic industry. And so I had been interested in psychics. Yeah. So we got together. Long story short, he lived in L.A. I lived in Salinas, nowhere near each other in California. Finally, um, after a series, a long series of things that had happened over the years, I decided to go rogue and start doing my own investigations and my own stings. I got tired of the bureaucracy of working with a group. I I hated asking for permission. I just had a gut instinct because I have read everything and, and, you know, watched all these videos of how it's done. And I knew Randy. And so what I wanted to do is do a sting that was a double blinded sting to catch somebody hot reading. Now the difference between hot reading, would you want to? Yeah. What is hot reading? Say what cold reading is and then hot reading, Mark. Well, cold reading is uh, convincing a person who you've never met or know anything about that you know everything about them. And, uh, it's very effective if you understand what to look for. Uh, it's observational in nature, and you just make bold statements as if they're facts, and you watch for the reaction, and the person's reacting positive. You just stay on that, you know, keep course correcting, and pretty soon they say, there's no way in the world he could have known that about me, and it's like... And you're just reading body language. Well, that's part of it. Okay. Body language is part of it. Uh just generally how people react. But, yeah, body language is a big part of yeah. it. But it can still be done over the telephone. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, because people's voice inflections and the way they react yeah. tells you everything you need to know about them. So that's cold reading. <clears throat> Hot reading is where you get information about somebody beforehand, mm. but they don't know that. Yeah. And then you play it back to them in a big audience generally. Uh, and the rest of the audience is blown completely away. blown away. Yeah. 
And uh, it's very easy to do with social media. We do it all the time. Yeah, we do. So it takes well, about ten minutes. Well, yeah, if it's even that, the world, yeah. sure. right? Or Most psychic do mediums do cold reading. In fact, we all do cold reading. It's just a natural part of our day. It's, we profile. Right. People. I've wondered that with some psychics that I feel like they are genuine. I wonder if they're just doing that without. Almost all of it, it is cold reading. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. That well, if they do it without knowing, but we, most people do cold people read. Who were psychics and after they saw a couple of my television shows where I explained what was going on they realized they were doing cold reading yeah. but they didn't know what it was right, right. it feels intuitive yeah. because yeah. you're getting a lot of feedback from the person you're right doing this to and it's it's just we all do it you know you look at a person you and we're humans we want to make a connection with yeah. someone so what we're doing is we're looking for a commonality if we're trying to have a conversation with somebody like you for exa example if i wanted to actually have a conversation with you i was standing in line next to you or we're in an elevator and it's going to be more than a couple minutes you know whatever reason you're trying to find a way of having some kind of conversation like some people would talk about the weather but maybe you would say something about a shirt they're wearing or the right. bag they're carrying or their hair or whatever. And you're making these statements, general statements based on them just, you know, observationally. Mm -hmm. And that's all cold reading. But whenever they do it as if they're um, getting the message from yeah, like somewhere else. Yeah, coming to me. Yes, yes. That's cold mm -hmm. reading. And so they're Barnum statements. Anyway, so cold reading is fascinating. But what I wanted to do was catch someone in a hot read because Mark had had a conversation with a man named Jack Hitt who had hired Mark to do a, a lecture in Connecticut, Philadelphia, uh, New, Haven. New Haven. Yeah. Connecticut. And he writes to the New York times mm -hmm. and getting into the New York times is like gold because the idea yeah. is we're preaching to the choir. When we're talking to the skeptic community, we have to get this farther than that. Yeah. So he told Mark once, he says, if you catch somebody in a, in a, a you know, a hot read, you can't hot read and not be cheating. Right. You know yeah. what you're you doing. You are looking them yeah. up. You are, you know, there's just no way, other way of going around that. So Mark told me, he says, you know, we can get probably an article in the New York Times if we can catch somebody hot reading. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, all right, challenge accepted. So we did a series of different um, stings. The first was, uh, and Mark has always given him these really interesting names. The first was <laughs> Operation Bumblebee. And that I was always with... Like Spy movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we did yeah. Operation Bumblebee, and that was with Chip Coffee, and we did that in two different locations, one in L.A., one in San Jose, two days apart, and that was fascinating. Then we had Operation Ice Cream Cone, which was over the phone, and we did a different psychic that time. Wait, Each wait, wait. Operation Ice Cream Cone? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everything is based on a food item. Okay. Like except Bumblebee. Except for Bumblebee. Yeah, that was our well, first that was one. Our first one. <laughs> okay, and okay. we thought of Sting, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although so, Bumblebees don't sting. So you're thinking like, uh, like Android... Uh, operating systems they're all based off of food items right <laughs> they are yeah they are i didn't know that okay, oh. anyway, okay. <laughs> well we did bumblebee the problem with bumblebee was i believe that operation bumblebee if you google it is a military operation something happened in world war ii or something so we have to be really careful with our sting names now because we google them before we name oh, them yeah. because we don't want them to be associated with anything else so bumblebee was first um that the other really important part of doing these stings is I'm trying to trying to build our community 
And so a lot of people are, as we had talked about earlier, a lot of people are introverts. A lot of people want to do something, but they just don't know what to do. They need somebody to kind of lead them through. And I'm fine with doing that. So I was building our community by assigning people who volunteered. I mean, I didn't just grab them off the street, but people who are within our community to do things. So all of our stings have involved many people from the skeptic community, mostly women, because the demographic of a person who's going to go to uh, one of these grief vampires is a woman. And they're yeah. most usually women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s. So that's the kind of person I'm looking for to be my stooge yeah. or my sitter. And we use a lot of them. Um, I believe that we're really the only group that does anything that's leadered by a woman. Almost all of the projects of stings or uh, these investigative things are male-related. And it comes off kind of like mansplaining a little bit because you know the woman should this is this is uh, the victims are women right so i think it's about time that women take the power back yeah. and say uh-uh i'm done with this so what happened is uh we did ice cream cone after that then we did um tater tot no tater tot onion was, ring no, Tater <laughs> Operation Tater Tot was Love it. Tyler Henry. Tell them who, who all the people Okay, are well, you can look these Give up. Them the menu. I've written up the you whole, can look up every all one of these. Things. Yeah, every one of them's written, and you can read them. So it was Operation Tater Tot was uh, Tyler Henry. And then we did, oh, I think what had happened was Operation Onion Ring. No, Pizza Roll. Pizza roll. Pizza roll was next. So yeah. that was, that Mark was, was living one. in L.A. I'm living in Salinas. And uh, one of our friends, somebody who was invo involved in the, the investigations with us, she said, there's a psychic that keeps appearing on my Facebook feed named mm. Thomas John. He's going to be in this um, place in Hollywood. Can he come down to Hollywood? You know, And I said, sure, I have no idea who this guy is. But we're looking for a hot reader. That is somebody who's going to read the information that we plant. We have to bait them. Yeah. You throw out the bait. So in um, Bumblebee and in Ice Cream Cone, we had fake Facebook pages. And these, some of these things have lasted years. We just close them down, change the names, hide the posts we don't want on there. Like we were doing some things with, uh, with vaccine deniers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So then we got rid of all the vaccine posts. And then change everything to psychic posts and metaphysical posts. You know, you just change the pages. They look old because they are. Some of these pages are eight or nine years old Facebook pages. So what we did, I'm trying to find a way of summing this up so it's not so long. It's all written up, yeah. So what we did with um, is Mark and I agreed to be the sitters. And we came off as a married couple, which we're not. And we wore things that would make us be cold red. Um, like we had wedding rings on, um, you know, just different things so that if the psychic was going to look at us and cold read us, yeah. they would have read us wrong because the, the vibes we were sending off were wrong. Right. So, okay. I had a picture of my son pinned to my lapel. Oh. And that's a big thing with, uh, with psychic mediums is someone will have a picture of their deceased relative or the missing child right yeah, but my son so was not missing they know what yeah so, so they assume. and then i also had a navy pin yeah something from the marines and the, the, the mark is and the opposite not a, not a not a military person by any stretch so we planted some really obvious yeah obvious Just cold reading misleading. Yeah. right yeah. 
So, but what the genius behind it was is that we were double blinding this. So I had another group that was called the Pizza Rollers, and they had a Facebook group, and there's people all over the world that were doing this, and they created a persona for Mark and I that did not match our true personas. Oh. Um, but you didn't know what it was. I didn't no, know what it was, and Mark was didn't know what it is. Then you wouldn't react to right. it. Right, so what happens is those, they have conversations. They it took, well, in this case, okay, they've been doing it for months for some of the other ones, so there was all sorts of content on it. But for this Operation Pizza Roll, I think we just did it in a month or something like that. And they're making posts talking about fictional things that really aren't real in our lives. And there are, there's multiple people from all over the world who are talking on these pages like they're our friends and family and you know yeah. these people have never met each other right. but they're talking as if they I are love creating the intricacy of this oh god yeah. yes it takes forever so <laughs> then what we decided to do is then we went to the event mark and i had no access to these these was this an tickets. event where you he called people out of the audience kind of thing yeah oh, about okay. 50 people or so we bought the vip tickets yes and VIP we're sitting right there. up in okay. front and we show up at the event. I text the people who are running the fake Facebook pages. I take a picture of the venue and I say, we're here. And I send them the picture. And then they post that picture on our fake Facebook mm. pages as if we're there tagging the psychic. Yes. So he you tag him. Yeah. yeah, we're right there. Right. He knows and then it goes into yeah. it. And he can look at our fake stories that do not exist. So Mark and I are told a tiny bit. We have to be able to raise our hand when the psyche is on the stage and says, I'm getting this person. Somebody's right, because you have to be like, Oh, that's me. That's me. Yeah. yeah. So he had so we had enough information to get us that far. Right. Everything beyond that, we don't know what's on those Facebook pages. They're yeah. locked. We don't know. We have no idea. We don't even know our names. Well we know our names, but we don't really know. Yeah. yeah. So Mark knew that he was um, experiencing, oh, your father had died of heart disease and that you were starting to get to be that age and you were having health tests and you were really worried about your health and your heart. And, and if you look at the Facebook posts, and you can find this all on Operation Onion Ring, if you just Google that. No. You, yes, you can. Holy Kool-Aid. You can. It's in multiple <laughs> places. The story's been told. That's a video. Um, it's told in many places. Google Operation Onion Ring. No. You're getting into getting? all the details. No, no, I know, I know. But this is the best part. Operation Pizza Roll. If you Google that, then you'll see the pages. Because they're there. You can see the pages the, of what was there. We, okay, we the screenshot them afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And you can listen to the audio. So, and I had a twin brother named Andy who had died a year or two before of pancreatic cancer. And that's about all we know. So when the psychic, Thomas John, gets up on stage and he says, I have a twin that's trying to come through for his sister who died recently, I raise my hand. And then, you know, we have to cry. They hand us a microphone. I'm crying. Oh, yeah. And, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I played that. that. so hard. I oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do, I'm not you a good You take the tissue and you just, oh, you're so emotional because you know you busted him. Right. Inside. So you're like crying. Tears I'm like, of oh, joy Lord. And bullshit. we're wired, too. I'm yeah. wired. I have a wire running up my back and I have a microphone. And he said, right before we got in, I hope everybody records their readings. I'm like, all right, pull out my iPhone, yeah. set it right there, hit. So we're recording it in multiple Perfect. ways. So I was just like, yes. So then after that, 
He's going on about the rest of the Facebook pages. He gave us a 15-minute reading. And you can listen to the entire audio. It's on my website wow. or under the name of Operation Pizza Roll. And he read everything that was on our Facebook pages. Almost verbatim. Almost oh, verbatim. Wow, really? That's that the problem. Ridiculous. We don't know what's on those pages. Yeah. So Mark and I are lying and like pretending to cry. Like, that seems right. Yeah. He wanted to know who Buddy was. And we're Who's like... Buddy? And I'm like... <laughs> I go, your brother's name was Buddy. Didn't that his he nickname? Goes, no, Buddy's your dog. Yeah, oh, Buddy's your dog. Buddy. <laughs> yeah, he and who's Steve? You. Who's Steve? He was, starting to, he was starting to go, hey, there's something. <laughs> well, so the story's much longer. There's a VIP thing. We busted him so bad. Okay. When did you do the busting? That's the beauty. Yes. We, we went and tried to, we, to, we talked to different, like, Inside Edition and other places, and then we went back to Mark's uh, friend, Jack Hitt, who writes for the New York Times, and we said, we caught him. We caught a hot reader. Here's the evidence. Here's the audio. Here's the he screenshots. Everything. And he says, that's brilliant. He went and talked to his editors in the New York Times, and they said, that's amazing, but I wasn't there, so they won't let me do the story. Oh. So I said, oh, what do you want? He goes, well, I need to kind of watch one done. Fine, I'll put on another one. So we did another episode with Kenny Biddle, who I understand you guys have interviewed. So I recruited Kenny and his wife, and he got four friends, and we made fake personas for them, fake Facebook pages, and we went to a psychic in uh, Connecticut or Philadelphia and named Matt Frazier, and we did the whole thing again. But this time, the reporter was in on every conversation. He sat on every Everything. Training things. Yeah, I because I have to train them because I wasn't yeah. there. I have to train them. I have to, and then everything. And he went to the event, and then he was able to report on it. And then we finally get the New York Times. It comes out in the magazine. That's like two million views. And then it's this big freaking deal. Is that deal. when he realized? Whenever the reporter called him up and said, you know. This story is this, running. Yeah, and interviewed him. So, so that's when he first heard about oh, it, is when the reporter calls him up from the New York Times yeah. and says, we're doing a story on this sting <laughs> that happened in Hollywood a year ago, and you were busted by this, and that's when he found out. That's, that's how he found out, and right now, so we busted him, oh my gosh, so many times. I have a podcast called, not a podcast, I have a YouTube channel, everybody, it's called Psychics Explained, or if it's easier for you to remember, it's Psychic Sex plained. <laughs> that is easier. That's easier. If either psychics explain or psychics explain. And so you can go and you can watch all these videos. I break down all the different readings people give me and I go into great detail to explain mediumship. And we busted him again right at the end of um, the pandemic so called he's still Operation. Doing it. Oh, yeah. Operation Onion Ring. And that he had children five to 12 years old and he had a, a group reading. And uh, it's $400 a child and oh, over Zoom wow. and their parent. Oh, and wow. so what happened is he had eight children, two hours, and I infiltrated with two children and their parents. Uh -huh. And so that is a whole story. It's a long story. So he read back everything that was on their emails. I used email this time. I didn't use Facebook. Oh. So he re read back everything was on their fake emails that I sent yeah. for the people on the Zoom screen and gave these readings to these children. So that's Operation Onion Ring, same psychic. And we've caught him a lot of times, and we do a lot of stuff. So no, there is no rumor whatsoever. I am 
known for the stings, <laughs> even though I get them all tingled. Wait, what was the rumor? I lost track. She well, said there was a rumor. I heard a rumor that she does, did these did this, Yeah, we, we... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're big. They're huge. Oh, my gosh. And we're still doing them. I did a couple others. We did Operation... We haven't done lima bean. We did... Um, what was the last Dill pickle. One? Operation dill pickle. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't yeah, released yeah. it because uh, we think we're going to spend more time with the person we busted in Operation dill pickle. And I think we're going to use that person for multiple operations. And so we haven't revealed oh, what's going on. I that. love it. I'm but, excited to hear. So there's some... It's really fun. Oh, my gosh. And what Sounds I do is fun. I involve people who are not the people normally who would be involved in these things. Mostly women. Yeah, because the, they're the victims. The like quiet, yeah, the yeah. quiet type that kind of sits in the background. You know, those quiet people. Yeah, you know. yeah. I love it. Well, thank you for <laughs> indulging me. Okay, well, there you go. So, Perfect. I don't know. You have something else? You, anything else you need to know? No? Well, I don't know. I took we up your like whole hour. We things, did we? <laughs> no, we're only 25 minutes. Oh, gosh, I summed that up quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's so much, but you can all read about it. It's it's super easy. Um, my website is susangervick.org. And there's tons of information on it. I run a nonprofit called About Time Project, and it has a zillion things. Our fingers are in multiple pies all over. Facilitated communication, Wikipedia, um, on and on and on. Hmm. So, uh, well, uh, so that leads me to, I mean, it probably answers my question, right? What is your um, uh, skeptical pet peeve, which... Uh, prayer and healing, probably. Yeah. Prayer and healing. Yeah, that's always bothered me so bad because it's you're you're almost taking advantage of people who are very desperate, and that yeah. leads into the the psychic world. The people that I deal with every day, every day, mostly are women, and they're grieving. Oh my gosh, they are not been able to get through the grieving process. And they're vulnerable. And there's somebody's going to take advantage yeah. of them. Oh my gosh, it's so sad, and these people are just desperate to hang on to something, anything, and it's it's so sad. Absolutely. What about what, what about you, do you have a skeptical pet peeve? Uh, my skeptical pet peeve is pretty much aligned with Susan's. Uh, only I uh, I get more angry about people who've lost a child or a oh. missing child, uh, people who say that they're police psychics. That whole thing, which yeah. is yeah, I still get a. Uh, <clears throat> not in my stomach when I when you know the, who's the who's the one you know, the kid's dead. <laughs> oh, Sylvia name? Brown. Oh, Sylvia Mark, Brown. Mark's got a really good I, punking I, I video punk, of her. I punked Sylvia Brown. Ooh, yeah. you tell me about that. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> and there's yeah. video, you well, guys. Well, and there's oh, a video. It. You can you can look at the video. It's on uh, what is it on? It's on YouTube. Just you could go to susangerbick.org and you'll find pretty much everything. It's all there. So many years ago, when I worked. I was writing my book, Psychic Blues, and part of my infiltration, because the whole idea was to infiltrate the psychic market mm -hmm. and scam the scammers. In right. other words, I, they, they didn't know that I was a mentalist, which meant that I had a lot of skills that normal psychics do not have. Not all of them, some do, but basically I, w I was used to being on stage. I was not afraid to... Uh, go out in the street and do crazy things. So I decided I was going to, I, I had worked at the spiritualist church and they were talking about Sylvia Brown and I'd never heard of her, but one of the things I heard, they were all excited. I came in one day and they said, oh, the Sylvia Brown show is filling up. We've sold almost 800 seats to her show. And it's like, 
$65 a seat. Mm. And I was like, that's pretty good. And they were like, yeah. And then I came back the next weekend, the week right before she was supposed to show up. She canceled. And I said, really? What? And they said, yes, yeah, she canceled and she won't give the money back. So what? I'm like, oh, I am going to nail no, this bitch, okay. excuse yeah. me. So, oh, no, you could uh, say bitch. No, my mom was a huge believer in her. Yeah, it's like, amazing. She was I, so offensive. Oh, so, like, as she's so the really I horrible. Her, I'm like, fuck this lady. Yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> really horrible. And I, so I did a little research on her, and then she was going to be at, in Hollywood at the uh, Universal Amphitheater. So we got tickets. and I wasn't uh, there. I wasn't there. Yeah, we Other had, people we, were. Some other people who we worked with were there. So, And I've always loved this movie, and my book has been compared to it uh, by Amazing Randy. It's called Nightmare Alley. I don't know if you saw the movie or heard of the book. Del Toro just did the remake Yeah, Del the Toro movie. just did a remake of it. It's about the rise and fall of a fake psychic. Yeah, yeah, I have seen that. I'm like, this sounds really familiar. <clears throat> yeah. And seeing the techniques of how they did it and yeah, how he exactly. memorized all the yes. cues, right, I was like, right. wow. That's an old so, 1954 so book. One of the one of the scenes in there, well, let me get to what happened. So we go to the, uh, the first thing I did is I researched and I found the most egregious misses by Sylvia Brown. In other words, there was the story where she said, your child, I'm sorry, he's dead. And then the kid turns up the next... The next week, you know, yeah. he's alive, alive. Yeah. So Amanda she did Barry, a lot of things yeah. where she said somebody was dead and they turned out to be alive or she said they were alive and they turned out to be dead. She just never got it right. So I said, OK, I'm going to make a list of five or six of these people. And I printed it on lime green neon paper, about eight, uh, not eight. What would it be? Four by six card stock. And I made about 300 of them. Mm. It just had their names and nothing else. Mm. So I got to the amphitheater and I got there early and I went into the restrooms and I put stacks on the sink and stacks on top of the toilets. And I went out to the bar and I left small little piles here and there. Yeah. So I got rid of all these green cards. Uh-huh. Nobody knew what they were about, but the idea was they would get them and maybe they would Google one of those names. Oh, or smart. whatever, you know, yeah. they would have, they'd have that in their hand. So that was what started it off. And then I got in the audience and uh, somebody had, they, they had bought a ticket. It wasn't me. Oh, it was uh, uh, Paula. Paula. Yeah. Paula said uh, they're, they're calling numbers. And if you get, if I get this number, then you get to go down and ask her a question. And I'm like, oh, great. So she got the number and she gave it to me. So I went down in the line and I waited. And what's happening is people are walking up one at a time and going to the microphone and asking her questions. And she was just horrible. She was like, people go, is my boyfriend true to me? I'm sorry, honey. You picked the wrong one. You know, she was just... He was right there. You know, the boyfriend could be sitting right next right, to her. Exactly. The boyfriend's right there. <laughs> He's cheating on you. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm building up my anger, and finally I get to the microphone, and, I, and she goes, how can I help you? And I said, well, I keep hearing these voices in my head. And then I start naming these names from the, oh, from the list. Yeah. And the people you all. Said, I said, you said they were dead, but they're telling me that 
they're still alive, or I don't know, and some are some are alive, but they're really dead. I'm I'm totally confused, and right away they just. <laughs> it was Montel just, Williams and, and Montel Sylvia Brown Williams on the and stage. Sylvia Brown, oh. and, and she's like, "Those are those are your spirit guides." I'm like, "They are not my spirit guides. You lied. You said this. You did that." And this is being recorded. Yes, yeah. we have the recording. And there's about. 400 people in the audience and I said I'm just really confused why do you do that why are you causing so much pain and then I grabbed the mic and I fell down like I was passed out onto the stage it was he was standing so it was a long fall which was which was kind of what happens in Nightmare Alley is but it's all fake right right? yeah so I fell down and the largest noise possible it's great (laughs) took the mic with me and they, the whole thing stopped. And then, and but then, but then, yeah, they just started stepping over me. What? To get oh. to the yeah. <laughs> to get to, because they wanted to ask their question to Sylvia. Yeah, well, they, no they, one bothered to check on you. So Montel said from the stage, "Oh, somebody will take care of it." Nobody took care of me because and I was like, and she's like, they're like, no, it was like ten seconds, time. but it felt like forever because we no. have the video, well, and so they're like, next question. They just pulled a microphone from under me oh, and put geez. it back up, and people were stepping over me, and I'm like, this wow. is perfect. I hope they're getting this on video. <laughs> we have video of this, you guys. So, the, should I tell the best part of the story? Well, go ahead. Go oh, you better. Best part of the story. As he takes a drink for dramatic pause. Best part of the story was uh, they finally, some uh, staff member came down and scooped me up off the stage, and I acted like I was really out of it. And, oh, what happened? What happened? You know, and they dragged me backstage, and backstage is a, a EMT, emergency medical personnel, you know, that yeah. all works all for the theaters, venue, yeah, yeah. works for the theater. And uh, she takes my temperature. Temperature's okay. Or, are you diabetic? Did you eat today? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, well, I can't find anything wrong with you. And I'm like, sorry. And then she, then the moment of truth came because she brought out this uh, form in triplicate, you know, yellow, yeah. pink, and blue. And she says, I'm going to need you to sign this. And it was that moment of truth where I would be falsifying a document. Right. So I said, okay, look. I'm going to level with you, you know. I did that because she's a fake psychic, and what she does is wrong, and I wanted to demonstrate and show her. I wasn't interested in what the audience thought. I was only trying to tell her, you better watch it, because there are people like me out there who are going to start doing this kind of thing. And they don't know who we are, because they're not psychic. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, so... Don't she said, coming. really? Yep. That's fascinating. I said, well, that's what we do. That's why we're the team. We work together and we, we do, they're called stings. And she, she says, okay. And she packs her stuff up and she says, I just have one more question. And I said, what? And she goes, is my boyfriend ever going to get a good job? <laughs> True story. Oh I kid gosh. you not. We don't have video of that part because oh. we weren't recording at that so that was very successful on one level, but it started a, a series of incidents in my life where I learned that even when you explain something to somebody, they're not listening. They're not. They're only listening to what's going on in their own life, and it's oh, wow. it has been very frustrating at times. That was kind of the start. Mark Mark did that sting with some other people in Los Angeles. I wasn't there. I got a call right immediately afterwards, but. That was kind of where we started to go on our own because if we had tried to, with the group we were with, 
we had tried to get a, you know, like, hey, we should do something. No, this was way before. No, no, it was IIT. 2009. No, it you was? were in. Yeah, you were just starting. <laughs> yeah, we always had to get permission for everything. Yeah, and then they had to organize it. Then and they the guy talked was about the it for whose name won't be mentioned. For months, they would talk something out, and then they would just go to the most extremes. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? It's like Mark's always taught me. His degree is in performance art. This uh, post studio art from Cal Arts. Yeah, and so. Yeah. Getting in the streets and doing something has always been his thing. So since the sixties, man. Yeah. Have you been freaking people <laughs> out on the streets? Yeah. With your mentalism? All, all the time. Well, not not so much mentalism, but my teachers were doing uh, social, call them social experiments on the street. Uh, Vietnam era, you know, you man. know, just just causing trouble on the street. Not trouble, this, this but sounds like washing your hair on the street, on a street corner. Oh, yeah. just doing something kind of unusual. Performance yeah. 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 Just to happens. see what reaction happens, you know. I oh, love it. So they, they were called happenings for a while, which I didn't really like because that was more like a mob. What do they call those now? Mob? Flash mob. Flash, Flash mob. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to do things solo. So, But the point is I wasn't afraid to go out and, and do stuff like that. Yeah. And so that's what got me started. And I just, I didn't need somebody's permission. You know, I learned uh, it's better to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission, yeah. you know, because something like washing your hair on the street with a bucket and shampoo is like, you're not that's, harming that's anybody. That's really random. If I saw that, I would be like, <laughs> what okay. is going on? And that's the idea. And if I was reciting poetry at the same time. Oh, I would yeah. Be, I would just be so confused. So that's kind of where we started. You know, we, we got to this flavor and we did, we've done lots of stuff, you guys. And Mark and I just kind of joined forces because I'm a better planner and I'm better, better at, you know, I write them up and things. And Mark is just kind of, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll get it all set up and I'll get it all planned. And then I say, okay, Mark, I need you to do this and he just goes in and he'll do whatever you know yeah. so he's got the skills but we're a good team because we we work well with um i don't know i do all that she back manages stuff. people i he just comes in as like the, the hook in yeah here's the planner i'm yeah. the doer yeah I'm just, oh i don't like second i do both I no she's, she's i'm a, the planner and the doer. doer in case you haven't noticed susan is a doer <laughs> but, but she is a doer yeah, yeah. but mark comes in and does the i don't know what would you call that? Like the... Surrey alchemy. Alchemy? Surrey alchemy. Surrey alchemy, yes. Okay, never there is a word for this. I feel like it's a Dungeon and Dragon word. No, it's bit, a, but... it's a, it, came from, it came from one of my magic teachers, uh, Tony Shields, Doc Shields, and it's the idea of uh, combining uh, surrealist-type uh, activities with alchemy, which is changing lead into gold and trying to get people to see something that's better than what they started with. And I feel like I missed out on that whole era. <laughs> like, well, that, that was a very interesting era because, again, just like uh, Bill Nye was talking about it, it came out of the 60s in the Vietnam War. Right. And we were shocked before shock jocks. It was like we had to shock the public into listening to us right. without, without being violent. Right. So it's a nonviolent strategy, and you stick an underpinning philosophy underneath it, and it will stick easier than if you just yell at people. Yeah, makes sense. And that's kind of the strategy we've been doing. I never out anybody at any of the stings we do. 
It, we stay she in character. Want to. No, no. We stay in character like, the whole ooh, time. Mic drop. Nope. Because, because you're because not out to do, convince the audience. They, they're they're going to say you're a bunch of evil skeptics right, and a bunch got, of party people. I got thrown out of a venue. Oh yeah, that one was, time, yeah. and that was when I realized that you calling somebody out. Yeah, it's better to let it let sleeping dogs lie and let the media catch up with it because they're stronger. And when you're sitting out on the curb and you're going, wow. <laughs> I've been escorted out of this venue. By a psychic, yeah. Even though you just proved to them they were wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, it really yeah. puts puts them on offensive. And so the mission, and Mark's really uh, made me realize this, it's always about the psychic or the, the grief vampire because the, they're performers. Right. And so they're, when, they're performance and artists. When they're, when right. They are performance artists. And so when they're up on stage and they realize they've got a heckler in the audience, but they don't know where that heckler is, we're not heckling, but... They don't know that. They don't yeah. know what we're going to do. We, and Especially as I, Mark and I gain more reputations for doing this, they're just, and I, could, I don't even have to be there. I can send in 10 people. Heck, we could buy out the audience, which is what we, you uh, know. Uh, it, uh, oh. uh, oh. No, no. This won't come out for Nah, don't worry about it. No, yeah. <laughs> no but it, there's no psychic out there who expensive. knows that I would buy out a whole audience. There's no way. But um, if you, well, I did that for Operation Onion Ring. We had eight, eight seats and two of them were ours. So that's a huge amount of people to be yeah. in a in a they sting. Were great too. Oh, they were amazing. Were, they were one fourteen. One was an actress, you know. So oh, she nice. just yeah. Oh, one was Bailey great. Harris. She's um she's in Utah. Or, oh. She was. I don't know. She wrote the series of of uh, books called Stardust. Her and her mom and her dad did it. And I said the dad and her wanted the dad said he would do it. And I said I don't want you doing it. I want your mom to do it. And so she says, oh, hey, I'm gonna mess it up. And I said, no, you'll be fine. So they spent two hours sitting there, and the dad was wanted to be involved so bad. Is Douglas Harris is the name. He sat off to the side where you couldn't see him on the Zoom screen. But the mom and, and Bailey Harris were sitting there the whole time. So, yeah, check out Bailey Harris. She's from Utah, and she was our uh, one of our sting candidates, one of the people who was in Operation Onion Ring. She, they were great. She had to play a 12-year-old. Yeah. But she was 14, but she was, she, you know, she's a published author. She was writing uh, children's books on uh, science. Oh, so nice. yeah, she's yeah, great great people. So we used I like to use people from our community. Yeah. So we used somebody from New Zealand and her daughter. So it was great fun. So what got you into this? That's my next question. Well, I met Mark Edward in 2009 and I'd already been interested well, in mean, psychic like, world. What got you into his skepticism in general? Oh, like, I was Were you always a skeptic? No, no, no. I was raised a Southern Baptist. Oh my gosh. Oh, girl. Yeah, no, okay. no. That explains a lot. No, it? no, it doesn't. No, I no, I I don't so really like, have an interesting background. Like I mean, no, no. Call, okay. um no. It was um, it's pretty gullible. I believed in a lot of stuff, and I think that I just were you just naturally skeptical at some no, point. No, very you gullible. Were just going with it. I yeah, like, okay. I think I just somewhere down the line, I just I guess in my nature, I don't like people lying, and I don't like things wrong. And then I can really, I'm a, I'm a people person, so I don't like it when I feel like somebody's being taken advantage of. Right. In any state, any kind of any kind of situation, somebody feels like they're being taken advantage of, if it really harms, it makes me hurt. Yeah. And lots of people get into, in our community, get into all kinds of things. Chemtrails, UFOs, pyramids, you know, 9-11, truth. There's, there's so many avenues. But I, I got invested in this really early on when I finally 
started seeing myself as maybe maybe I could do something. I was the type of person who sat in the back of the room, read the books, listened to the podcast, never got involved. I was I was an armchair armchair skeptic. Yeah. But I was very friendly and outgoing. But I didn't I didn't, didn't even have a BA at the time. I was just like Susan, some somebody named Susan. Yeah, she's that one over there, you know. I was no nobody zero. But how did you go from being gullible to even um, an armchair skeptic? I think I found a skeptical inquiry magazine. And I opened it up and I said, oh my gosh, nobody believes this. This is ridiculous. Oh, wait, this isn't real. You know, so I think I was, because they have a variety of stories in there. And some of it was like, wow, I thought this was real stuff. Mm -hmm. And then other things I was like, oh, come on, nobody could possibly believe this nonsense. And somewhere in there, it it just something clicked. And I um, went back to school, got my degree in um, social behavioral sciences social science, social history. And I had to come up with a, um, like a thesis kind of thing I had to do. And I did it on science illiteracy. And that brought <laughs> me to Center for Inquiry, even though I'd already been participating in their video, um, their magazine. And I started going to conferences. I went to a very small conference in Eugene, Oregon. And you, once you meet the community, you know, this is your guys' first icon. Yeah. Once you're in this community and you find that you found your people, and there's just no other, I don't know how you can explain it. When You you guys will probably be able to explain it when you do another, excuse me, when you do another podcast about your real experiences, what you think of this, you guys will probably sit down and have another conversation here on your podcast. It's, it's just different when you meet people. People show up for these conferences for the speakers, mm-hmm. but they return for the people. Yeah. They return for the community you make, the friendships you make. Um, they're certainly not here for the food. but or the cigarette smoke but the the idea is is that you just start getting into it and i met a man named uh robert lancaster who was the expert on sylvia brown Mm -hmm. he was the first person to create a website it was very 1970s looking uh it's called stop sylvia oh yeah i think i remember that website yep and so i got involved with him just because he was asking for some help i think he needed some transcripts and i was in college and i was able to get the transcripts and then I got interested in it. It's like, you know, whenever you're, whenever you're collecting something, like you collect frogs or matchbooks or little shot glasses, and then people start going places and they bring you back frogs, matchbooks, or, yeah. or shot glasses, <laughs> and then you end up having a collection of a thousand somewhere, yeah. and you feel bad about it. Not that you really like matches, frogs, yeah. or, or, or shot glasses, but you have a collection and you feel guilty. It, at a certain point, you become an expert on it. It's the same kind of thing. They're like, oh, look, it's a psychic. Listen this to Susan. Hey, Susan, I have a story to tell you about psychics. Here, send it to Susan. Hey, somebody's got been harmed by a psychic. Let me send it. After a while, you're just the go-to person. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. have you been on the other end of that then? No. I've had readings, many, many different kinds I've been involved in, but absolutely. And I get that question a lot. People think, wow, were you raised with this? I mean, uh, did, were you, did you just psychic mess with you? No. Absolutely not. I've never had anything like that. It could it could just as easily have been uh, medical quackery or right. UFOs or something like that. But just just a quirk of fate, it became psychics. And I mean, I am because in, I had worked as a psychic. Well, for then I day. met Mark, and he was a psychic. <laughs> so he was in that industry. That could make a but difference. that's but I'd already was in there, but just kind of more of a reader of it. But you know, we've done. I've done a lot of stuff. We did a. A lot of work against a cancer cl- uh, clinic in uh, Houston, Texas, called the Brzezinski Clinic. We were—I was heavily involved in a group that had a lot to do with 
um, investigating that cancer clinic and um, facilitated communication, which has, you know, there's, I'm involved in a lot of things, but people sometimes think of my psychic work as my expertise, but I have many, many, you know, fingers and pies. Yeah. It's just not that, but the, but it is a fun story. People love the psychic stuff, and I'm very active. Involved. Did I say I had a podcast? <laughs> it's a YouTube oh, channel. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Psychic sex explained. No, sex. psychic sex explained. <laughs> sex explained. No, there's no. It's psychic. Psychics explained. But no. And I love that you mentioned the skeptical inquirer. Yeah, that was my that was my first in. Christ and I just stumbled across it. I think maybe at a library. Yeah, I think it's something that a lot of people. You pick it up and you just go. Hey, I'm, wow, I'm sitting that? on a bunch of copies. Anyone wants them? Yeah, I give them away all the time. So I have a, we have a local group, Monterey County Skeptics. We're in California, if anybody out there is in anywhere near Monterey. And um, now I'm working with Center for Inquiry, which is the people who run the, the conference we're attending, PsyCon. And I'm their ambassador, and I write columns for them. And um, I'm really trying to grow the community. My whole job is to find people to write articles, to do uh, more things. Um, whatever people are invested in, interested in, I want to help them do it more. So if it's some kind of, you know, uh, I mean, I never say no to a podcast. I never say no to a video interview. I've zoomed into people's classrooms. I talk about Wikipedia. I talk about um, facilitated communication, psychics, whatever you want. But uh, Or I will find somebody to do whatever is needed to be done. I'm kind of a hub, like a social hub that allows people to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else you could. You're so, like the Facebook of. <laughs> <laughs> I think of myself more as a hub because people come to me and say, oh my gosh, I need somebody who can talk about satanic panic. Oh, okay, let me see. I have, like, I, I have like a mental Rolodex of people, and I would say, all right, this is the person who would help you with that. Or somebody would say, I need somebody to look into chemtrails. Okay, well, let me look at my soul. Okay, this is the person, and then I will introduce them to that person to so so make the contact. Talked to you before we did our satanic panic episode. Yes, I have <laughs> many people who could definitely have talked to you about the satanic panic, and Mark was the expert on Ouija boards. That oh, really nice. surprised you to know that Mark was yeah, the I mean, Mark was in the video with uh, brain games on Ouija boards. I did not boards. realize that, and yes, that brain games video was totally something I used to try and uh, figure out with the, the criteria of my test. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. so he's he's been on a lot of stuff. We did, he does. He's an expert on seance, especially Victorian seance. We did a show for Weird or What with the voiceovers done by William Shatner. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or anything. <laughs> uh, we did the Skull uh, Seance. That did, was uh, what. Uh, you did spoon bending. Who does who does the what was it? Oh, ruins he's every, uh, Adam ruins everything. Adam ruins oh, everything. he did that. That was so much fun. I was in the other room. That was one of the better shows. <laughs> Adam ruins the everything. Halloween two thousand. And what was her name? Oh, what, um, you, what got ruined? Um, psychics. Got ruined. Oh, psychics. Yeah, okay. they had an actress. Yeah, they had us playing the part of. The oh psychic, right, okay. But it's pretty funny. It's, the her yeah. name was um, it was Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium, but they called her the New Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. No, the Jer Jersey Shoreicle. Yeah, Jersey Shoreicle. <laughs> and so Mark is on the show, and he they make him disappear and everything. Oh, Adam, the guy who uh, does the show Adam is Driver. is so sweet. No, Adam Conover. Not, not Adam Driver. Conover. Yeah. Sorry. Adam Conover. Like, he is Adam really Driver sweet. Is in Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> so Mark did. Um, who was the guy who did the Survivor series? Um, you know where they go into the islands. 
Oh yeah. I uh, what is his name? Um, he had a talk show. He had a talk show, and Mark yeah. taught him to be a psychic. And they put him, dressed up this host. I can't think of his name. Well, I get, we gave him an earpiece, and he, he took, uh, he took, he did readings. We they got actually a house and made a storefront out of it. Yeah, and psychic they, storefront. They dressed him up to look like a psychic, and I was in the other room with a. Uh, he had an earplug, and I was feeding him the information that he needed. <laughs> And, and he the started best making... part about that is that it was very successful because the people were blown away, but he felt really guilty. Yeah, yeah they were he when one like, of the I women felt started so crying. Bad because what I did, and I said, "Dude, you asked me to do this. You, <laughs> you wanted to be a psychic, now, and you, you are." Know? Yeah. yeah, one woman was really crying, and he just was like, broke his character and said, "Look, look, no, I'm so and so." That's not true. Yes, it is. It's well, on they the didn't show. Use it on the show. Oh, I don't remember what was on the show. What was his name? We can't remember. The guy name. was the host of the Survivors. I never. I, I mean, it was only. That. Well, I he never was like a. It either. Yeah. They were trying to impress me when they hired me. This is so and so's show, and I'm like. No, he was. He was all over the place. He was a sensation at the time, and then of course he did Penn and Teller's bullshit. He was the pilot episode, speaking to the dead. We already told them that. No, not no, on the. I didn't know that. Oh, we didn't. Oh, you yeah. on the, full, the pilot episode? Yeah, the I wasn't there. Episode. Nice. Called speaking to the dead. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny because it didn't click when I first <laughs> when I was first talking to Mark. I didn't realize you're like this who is a familiar was. name. And now all of a sudden it's all coming back, and now I'm getting a little starstruck. So. Oh. <laughs> Good. Oh it's God. about time I, I worked hard that. for this. <laughs> no, the Penn and Teller thing was what really started a lot because i had done a couple tv things before that mm -hmm. but the pen and teller thing really got me situated where i wanted to be basically because they hired me and on the flight to new york with the line producer sitting next to me he i said to him so where's the script and he said there is no script mm -hmm. and i said well what is it you want me to do he said you can do whatever you want to do and i'm like it kind Wash of my hair. it kind of daunted <laughs> yeah exactly it kind of daunted me a little bit but then once I settled into my hotel room and I found out what the situation is mm -hmm. I was able to plot it out and tell everybody look this is what we're gonna do and it worked beautifully yeah in fact that that episode was nominated for a Emmy award was it yeah but it didn't remember. get it it lost yeah. but yeah else. he he what he did is Basically, he knew that the woman was going to hot read. It was held in the library. No, I didn't know that. Well, you thought she might. What it was is I said, I figured that because what, what a medium will do sometimes is they will they'll come into an environment where the, the sitters are in the audience and they'll, she's like, I won't mention any names, but she's got this little shawl on and a little cameo. She's this a sweet, is the reader. Sweet just little English so, old lady yeah. like your aunt. And she's, Oh, hello, everyone. And she'll immediately go over and go, who would you like to meet on the other side today? And they're doing what's called pre-show. Mm. Hot she's reading. Getting, she's hot reading all these people with their sweet little disposition. And yeah. then later when the cameras are rolling, I'm getting this lady, the, your mom passed away, right? And the person bursts into tears. Yeah. But the, the TV show and the people in the audience, the rest of them, they don't know that this person already gave all that right. information. So I said, the first thing we're going to do is, as soon as she arrives, we're going to have a camera on her 
and see yeah. where she goes. But the lights are off on the camera, so she doesn't know she's being recorded, and everybody has to pretend they're just fiddling with no, the cameras. No, they didn't know. They, no, the audience the, didn't know. No, I mean, the psychic doesn't know she's being filmed. So, of like, they have not. the cameras on her, yeah. but the people, the camera people, are, like yeah, them. no, yeah, they're exactly. just, they're just, like, fiddling, you so know, sure connecting enough, wires. that's what she does. She comes in the door, and she goes over and starts kibitzing with all the audience members. And they have that on film, and that's part of the way they manage to bust then her. We, then we, at the end, we interviewed those people who got hit by her. Yeah. And, and uh, they said, yeah, she did talk to me before the show, you know. So she, and then we didn't tell her that we had the goods on her. That was the best part. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't tell her. And again, we were going to just wait and run the show. Mm -hmm. But they decided, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to interview her and get her to dig herself in even deeper. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I interviewed Love her it. and I was like, you're so amazing. And she's like, oh, fine. I'm just a sweet little old man. I don't know how you're able to do that, but man. And she says, well, it's a gift. You know, my grandmother had an indoor digging herself in right, deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper. That part got cut from the show, which I yeah. didn't like. Oh, but, but the rest of it worked, and they, they just nailed her coffin, and she disappeared. From the Pretty much. She was around time. for a little bit. I think she got scammed by her assistant and took several hundred thousand dollars from a, her. It was a oh, great show. It was a great yeah. show really her name is Rosemary Altea. Really broke some new ground. Yeah, and I, I, I love that bullshit. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. So, so we've always been this kind of, Mark's always been this kind of person, but he met up with somebody like me who plans it. Uh, <laughs> confrontational, we'll go out and do stuff without having to be embarrassed by it or. And just do it on the fly, not having to have a script or anything. No. And so when he, so when he met up with somebody like me, who will, who will make it happen? Yeah, it just it just worked well. So we've done a lot of stuff. You know, I gotta say that's one thing that really bothers me because I've been to a lot of psychics with my family and friends who are into it, and it drives me crazy because I can just see them giving them the information. Yeah, feedback, yeah, absolutely. They're like, is this, oh yeah, this, 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 and they tell them the whole story, and I'm just like, what? What I call I call that a motivated sitter, and it is people don't realize how much information they're giving. Oh, Not only just so saying much. it, they'll yeah. tell the whole story. Yeah. Oh my gosh, let me tell you about that burning building that I was, you know. Yeah. And and then the psychic's like, yes, that's what she's they're, telling they're not me. Even having the, to do any work. No, they're not. Yeah. And and yeah, so that's lazy. absolutely. Yeah. But they're, it's a, they're motivated and it's emotional, and you're trying. To, they to get a really good, yeah. Button. To get the yeah. reading has to be the sitter the and the and yeah. the and the, they both work together. If you don't have a sitter that's motivated, you don't got a you know good reading. Right. But we find a lot of it is wordplay. So on my my uh, YouTube channel that I might have mentioned called Psychics Explained, <laughs> um, I break down the readings. I usually just take a lot of readings. A lot of them were private readings. Something that that wasn't supposed to be public because the public ones are edited usually to yeah. make them look good. So we take the ones that people send me or I've recorded on the sly when they don't know that I'm there in the room, in the Zoom room, which I've got tons. And I have people that go visit these. I've had people who went to shows in Vegas and, and just recorded everything and they yeah. were able to use the audio later. And so what we'll do is you can, when you actually really listen to the words, it's a lot of wordplay. Oh my gosh, the wordplay that's going on. And then so add the motivated. Wordplay. Verbal deception. Yeah, so like, okay, for example, 
um, I have a video out called Windy versus Windy. And I thought it was a really good example of this kind of wordplay. The psychic says um, she knew that this, the, this woman's brother had died in a car accident. So the woman is, uh, the medium is talking about, oh, it was really a windy day. There was something on the windshield. It was very, very windy. And the, and the um, sitter says, oh, that's weird. Oh, my gosh. And the psychic says, what? She goes, my parents live on Windy Lane. And it was only like a mile from where he died. <laughs> and the psychic goes, oh, wow, that means he's really here. <laughs> and and I have wow. this video. It's a video out there. And she says, uh, and the psychic's like, well, I was really thinking kind of like, you know, something on the windshield. And she goes, but I think you're right. And, and, and so the, the sitter fitted it with a road her parents lived on. But it's a simple word, windy, like the right. wind, versus a road. That's that. I, that's wordplay. I have to say, no, no. Well, that is wordplay and motivated. Well, but that's not. That's different than verbal deception. Verbal deception would be one of my favorite things, which is where you say to somebody, uh, they they want to get in, in touch with their their brother, and you say, I feel there's a distance there. Oh yeah. And then you look at the response, and then you you say. I can't tell whether this is a physical distance or a mental distance. Were you close to this person? You see what I mean? Yeah. So, so you, you went got either that way. huge wiggle room, you <laughs> oh, know? Yeah. And so usually, it's kind of the vague when they put out some vague feelings. Well, but it's or... vague not when, if your the muscles in your face respond. Yeah. I know it's not vague anymore. Right. So then like you can if hone I say you, on it. You, you, there's a distance between you and your brother, and they will initially say yes. And then I will say, well, I can't tell whether it's an emotional distance or a physical distance. Mm -hmm. And then they fill it in and say, right. it's a physical distance. He lives in Europe or something. Mm. Hit. I've but got we're really close. Yeah. 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 So the, to the audience, it sounds like they go away telling people he knew that the brother lived in, in Europe. Yes. Right, yeah. And that's misremembering. Right. And I've got yeah. a lot of videos on that. I love that stuff. <laughs> well, it is my very really first did. experience. Okay. Um, the podcast that just came out yesterday uh -huh. uh, was where I, I went to my very first psychic. Reading. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got my attention. <clears throat> and like, and, was that uh, here in Las Vegas? No, it was, oh. um, it was yeah, just a local in Utah. Okay. Uh, they, it was a discounted rate. And I, was I like, thought yeah, it was illegal in Utah. No, it isn't. <laughs> oh, no. Just alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Like, one thing they said, and I, what I did is, because uh, I found the value of um, just getting it transcribed, right? Yes. Uh, so recording it, getting it all transcribed. And, and then um, uh, they said, I remembered it as being um, that uh, they were saying I was going to make a new connection in family. Oh, yeah. And what I does that like, mean? Oh, a new connection in family. Huh, I wonder. You know? And it, uh, we were making fun of it on the podcast. Oh, you know, it says that'll never happen, blah, blah, blah. And then sure enough, the next week, a, f a long-lost family member shows up to one of my meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. And we're, like, connecting. And we're like, oh, you're my... It was, like, my, my grandpa's... Uh, my grandpa's brother's kid, basically, and I was just like, oh, my God. And she's like, yeah, I know your parents. And it, and it just blew my mind because I was like... What? And I had my very first experience of, oh my God, that psychic was right. Right. <laughs> and, and, and all I remembered was that, that you're going to make a new connection in family. But then I go back to the transcript and I read it again. And it said, 
I see new connections forming, maybe with your family, but maybe with your extended family, or maybe your friends. Absolutely. Or maybe the family. Yeah, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Absolutely. It's like, so you'll make a new connection with someone, is basically what she was predicting. It's like, oh. Uh, Yeah, so it became a lot less magical. Yeah, I'm so glad you got a transcript. Most people People don't don't do that. Most people don't even get the recordings or don't really listen to them again. Yeah, and my point is, I like get it now. Like I had that moment where I was like, "Whoa, maybe there's, there's something, something to this." this. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, and that was like my first time ever experiencing. We that, we know? people it misremember. Only takes a second. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, you just, it's it's a lot of misremembering and this is another common thing the psychics will do is they'll say, I just did another one with actually something Richard Weissman had done and he and he was talking about a uh, it was a woman saying that she had gone to a medium the medium opens the door. She's a reporter. She goes to the woman's house, and she's doing a story on mediumship. The woman opens the door, and she says, Harold is here. He wants to talk to you. And 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 Harold, your grandfather, wants to talk to you, and he's been here all day around me. And so this is a story this woman is repeating. Okay, She's saying, oh, my gosh, I went to the psychic, and my granddad was there, and his name is Harold. Oh, my gosh, it was so amazing, and she knew it right away. And I said, you know what's probably most likely happened is the woman said, the medium said, do you know someone named Harold? And the, and the sitter said, that's my grandfather. And she said, yes, that's what he says to me, and he's here for you. There's totally different. But what right. is remembered is, Harold, my grandfather, is here. Right. The, the medium knew that. She knew that my grandfather, Harold, was here. And when you look up the name Harold... Yeah, Harold was, was everybody's I, grandfather. I have a grandfather, Harold. Harold. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you look into the statistics of it. It was the UK, and Harold, up until the 1940s, uh, was in the top 20 names of a male in the UK. I looked it up, and he would—that's the demographic. Her judging from her parents, you know, her age, relative age, her grandfather would have been born in the 20s, 30s, or 40s, and so Harold is a really good hit. Mm-hmm. Whereas Harold might not be so popular in some places. I mean, I doubt anybody who's, no, you know, I don't know any Harolds. <laughs> but who am I? I'm picking up Charles. Who's Charles? I have a friend, Charles. I yeah. Know, Is he like a, Charles. like, does he mess around with a lot of occult things? <laughs> No, what's occult stuff? No, I mean, you know, is he like into the woo and the and spirituality and all of that? I I I don't know. I don't maybe. Close enough. I'll just leave it there. So I always say that. Who's Charles? Because there's a lot of Charles. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you see Depends how you on what part of the country you go And to you see how you also kind of said, well, maybe, and that's because again, a motivated sitter is going to try to make it fit, and, right. and we're going to give the benefit Here, of the doubt. One I, I love to teach people. I teach this to, to my magic students. I say, "What month were you born?" September. Around the nineteenth. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what What was the date? Twenty second. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, so just pick a random date and see how they respond. No, I always say the 19th. Oh, you always do? Because it's in the middle. middle, It's in the middle, and the thing of it is is that usually you won't get it right. But when you get it right, 
people's jaw drop. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you almost your jaw started to, but two days is still not yeah, that good. Okay. Yeah, know? depending <laughs> depending how motivated the person is to make the hit, because you want to make the connection with the psychic, because you really want this to be real. You've paid money, you yeah. waited time, and so Shane here was going to say. Almost, and it's two days off. So you've got that's not so two days before. Was going to be almost your close. I was yeah. going to say that right I away. Mean, like, I mean, I mean, maybe you know, you think about it. Three days before the day of, three days after, it's you've got you've got, got you know three leeway. six. You got yeah. seven days there. You've got I've a week out of a month. That many times, a lot of times, yeah. and it's just completely. But now that's not so amazing because we can get all that off. Social Facebook. media. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Could have easily looked it up ahead of time. But, it but is I love really all those little ploys. Yeah. So, so people, it's called privacy settings. You go into Facebook, <laughs> you privacy. No, I don't agree. <laughs> I keep mine wide open. You just have to be aware that, that if anybody is ever telling you anything that seems a little weird, it's everywhere. You cannot hide. If you are born in the United States... There is a record of it in some newspaper yeah. somewhere. You were in a choir somewhere in junior high, or you broke your leg, or you. There's some <clears throat> record of you somewhere. You can't get away from it. So I just embrace it, and I've just given up because yeah, you can't hide it. Like, so I work in the security field. Oh, like so yeah, privacy security. settings, yeah. And, and everybody, uh, you know, like there's quite a few people at my work that are like, oh yeah, privacy, you know. They're almost conspiratorial about mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. and, and and that's kind of like where I am. Like like the reason like credit cards are generally unsecure. Like mm -hmm. it's a solid number that um, uh, that doesn't change, and it's just inherently insecure. And instead of actually developing ways to fix it. The credit card companies are like, oh, let's just pay it out. Yeah, it's easier to <laughs> it's, pay. It's almost less money to just pay out yeah. any yeah. fraud charges yeah. than it is to you know, replace the card, or replace something. the card, or or develop some kind of system where the card the number is changing every now. It's and like again. shoplifting. Yeah. It's just built into the price. Exactly. We know it's going to happen. Yeah. It's better yeah. than breaking. You know, going through that. It's just like the system we live in right now. Is we don't privacy doesn't exist anymore. Absolutely, so I hundred percent agree. Lying has become an accepted business practice. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. it? Well, yeah. it's easier now. It's always been lying. Is <laughs> my father, when I grew up, he was in advertising. Yeah. So he was pretty close to being a magician in his own <laughs> life yeah. because he would take stuff right to the edge of lying yeah. and then dial back a little bit so that he had a little wiggle room. You know, he wasn't a bad person. That was his job in advertising was to make something look better than it really is, right. you know. Yeah. So that's no wonder I Yeah, I tell people I, I tell people to relate just to relax. You you, you just can't not be how do I say this you Gullible. can't no no yeah try just try not to just have your friends backs and have look out for your friends and your friends look out for you and just assume that everybody knows everything and because your blood pressure is going to go up if you're if you can't handle the you know the security I've had people in retail they wouldn't give me their credit card number over the phone because I don't know somebody might be listening in and you're just yeah. like you know what just what's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody's going to you take your credit card number, and then your bank's going to reimburse you. Right. Just, just relax about this already. Get over it. It's okay. It's part of the business, yeah, you know. Certainly. We're all going to get COVID. Just deal with it, you know. We're all <laughs> going to get the flu, you know. Yep. 
That's the way it is. Circle of control. Circle of control, yeah. That's what we <laughs> talk about with our kids. It's, it's not in the circle of your control. Yes. So. so why get your blood pressure up and get yourself yeah. all upset about it? Run around scared like crazy that it's going to happen to you. Just take relative precautions that you can. And same with the psychic world and all the world. The scams are multiple. I mean, if it isn't psychics, it's multi-level marketing scams or it's mm. those people calling you up on the phone or it's uh, romance scams or it's cryptocurrency scams or somebody's somebody just told me yesterday that they're... They were getting, um, they wanted to ask me very seriously, this man said, I'm getting uh, Facebook requests from people I know who are dead. And I said, yeah? And he says, what does that mean? Oh. And, I, and I had to take a second and say, oh, this guy thinks dead people are contacting him. <laughs> and I said, those are scammers that just take over Facebook accounts and they change the name, they change their profile, take a pro yeah. profile picture from them and they friend people. Yeah. And he says, I've never had that happen before. And I said, that's normal. I probably get one a day. Yeah. And he's like, I'd never heard of that. And I said, just make sure that when, what you should do is go and make sure your legacy settings are set on Facebook so that when you die and tell all your family and friends to do the same thing, Somebody has control of your Facebook so they can set it to legacy so that, you know, you don't oh. friend people and stuff like that. And also, just keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. But the guy seriously thought dead people were contacting him. Oh, he was just no, no, messing with you. No, Mark, he was not. It was at this conference, and he told me, and I've had a conversation with him before about something like this. We, we just assume everybody knows everything, but sometimes there's things that slip through, and you just they hadn't thought of it before. Yeah, my, it didn't dawn on him. Everyone, no one's a perfect skeptic. You know, Absolutely. Stuff I, I've said I, I'm stupid a things. I went down there and lost 200 bucks just today. <laughs> I, know, I know it's stupid. And I what does your dad always say, skeptic. Mark? What did your dad say about saving money in Vegas? If you want to save, oh no, if you want to, if you want to double your money in Las Vegas, fold it up and put it in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Is that the one? Yeah, fold it in half and put it in your wallet. <clears throat> But yeah, I've fallen for things, and I will continue to fall Don't for things. It. No, it's true, and you know, well, that, you can't always be skeptical. Here, yeah, say, yeah. Not these high chair. No, of course not. Absolutely not. I still, I still get taken in. By yeah, stuff of course. All the time. And the technology well, changes. Well, we know you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I do. Yes, oh, does. I do. She'll tell you. Oh yeah, he does. And yeah, especially, don't go into it. No, especially <laughs> with AI and things like that. You know, the skills oh, yeah. on the computers and stuff like it's very hard to keep up. Mark is technologically advanced, you know, enough. I mean, he's not writing programs or anything like that, but he's, but still something like a video comes through and it looks really good. Look at those cats. They're singing and you're like, that's AI, Mark. <laughs> really? You know, or that's Photoshopped. And he's like, oh, I thought that was really I mean. I know, that's the thing that that's I hate that is what I realized. But that's the point. Because well, I have the same issue and I'm like, oh, I really hope this is real. I really hope it's that real. That is really cool. But, you know, you forget Remember about I that. Remember I saw the, the person with two heads? Three heads. Yeah. There no, was you a, didn't see well, him. They were on the radio. There's two heads, though. No, but this was a three heads. Okay, on a radio. A black person, a white girl oh, and another and they white were guy different. Okay, and that, it was over the radio a little bit much. No, it, it, it was, was over the radio no but they showed <laughs> photographs oh, wow. oh but Mark yeah. those and are I'm photoshopped like, come in here quick there's a three headed person yeah. and they're different I genders today, and everything yeah yeah there were different genders and different colors and I was like but I 
don't know everything. Yeah. Oh, Barbara. <laughs> I know. She's so embarrassed for me. She's I'm like, there are two-headed people, but not three. And I'm, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> but the point is technology, and that's the gets into the security thing. Sometimes people get overconfident. And the skeptic community is really notorious for this. And the scientist community, James Randi preaches this. He had a book he's been writing. He was writing for a long time before he died. It was called The Magician in the Laboratory. And it's written. It's just like it's massive to, to print. Edited. You know, it's got to be edited. But he said the easiest people to fool are scientists because they're not looking for a petri dish, you know, the cells or whatever they're looking at to cheat. Right. Right. So they're used to things being, you know, I guess binary or whatever. But black and white. Yeah. Yeah, black and white. He says that, that they can, they're easy to fool. And so people like us, you know, who may be a little more in tune to scams and so on, we can easily be fooled because we get overconfident mm -hmm. and we think we're not going to be able to be caught, but heck. And also, if you if you think you know a lot about one thing, doesn't mean you know chat right. about Diddly squat else. about anything else, absolutely. <laughs> that PhD ain't worth nothing if, you, if it's not in the area that you're used yeah, to. Yeah, I've got mean, a very small window of what I feel like I can confidently say I know. <laughs> Outside of that, I'm like, eh. Yeah, a lot, of that's, a lot of stuff goes right over my head, and you have to get to a point, the skeptic community does say this, hopefully most of us say, it's okay to say, I don't know. Right. I really mm -hmm. don't know. You know, maybe we could read about it or ask somebody else who has some expertise on it and I'm comfortable saying that mm -hmm. so I but there's some people in other worlds that are like experts on everything and they'll just say some statement and they don't really know right I don't know if they're trying to save face or what but you know it's okay to say I don't know but on that note I think uh, you guys have a place to be yeah, the party's, the party's not stopping. Oh, yeah, look at all these messages. Too. The party's not tonight. Oh, Susan is the party. Oh, Susan is the party. I was going to say, yeah. There. Yeah, I've got a bunch of messages. I remember when I was pulling her away, they were like, we're meeting at the party, you coming, you coming. Yeah, She's you like, guys. No, can... I got a podcast. You guys can... Wait a sec. The party's tomorrow. There is a Halloween party tomorrow, but there yeah, is another gathering party. tonight. <laughs> Where? At Carlos and Charlie's, you guys are welcome to come over there. It's just a hangout. Yeah, well, she's, she's got to put her face on. Vegas, baby. Vegas, Party baby. never ends. <laughs>